Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Notes from John. With a babble from Bon. And tonight, um, I would like to give a shout out to our oldest grandson, Dallin. A few weeks ago, I gave a life lesson on driving cars and the safety of, of when you're behind a vehicle. And I mentioned that our oldest grandsons were Bo and Jake. Well, that was not right. It was Dallin and Bo. Kind of like when you talk about Bert and Ernie or Mutt and Jeff. And we used to say Josh and Nathan. And of course, it was Bo and Jake. But it was supposed to be Dallin and Bo. So I just wanted to apologize for saying, um, well, actually not saying Dallin when he should have been at the top of the list as far as grandkids go. Um, Because he's our oldest. So, um, also, our daughter-in-law, Kelly, last summer we had a family reunion and she had every older cousin have a buddy of a younger cousin. So they each had to look after the younger younger cousin and it was great. It was a great idea and and it's still kind of going on as uh, when we get together as family. And yesterday we were together for writer's baptism. And Ari, um, Ari's four, he was having a a difficult time. And Dallin, who is his older buddy, Dallin went over and got uh, Ari and had him sit on his lap. And it was just cute to watch him have Ari sit on his lap and take care of him so he could be quiet and reverent during the services. So I was just proud of Dallin for the example he was. So way to go, Dallin. We love you. I sure do. Way to go, Dallin. Tonight, by the way, the date today is uh, October, excuse me, November 4, 2018, Sunday evening. And uh, I, I've uh, been thinking a lot about my ancestry uh, this week. And I thought I would just take uh, this episode of our podcast to talk about my ancestry Um you know, not going back much further than my great-grandparents, um, because I'm not a great genealogist. I, I rely a lot on the, the amazing book that my sister Christine and my older sister Pat uh, put together called The Baker's Dozen, and it's a remarkable history of my parents and their, uh, their parents and grandparents. Anyway, it's so beautifully done, and um, I'm really grateful to them for the uh, countless hours they spend in putting that book together. I've been blessed uh, with remarkable heritage on both sides of my, you know, my, my family. My father's family, uh, the Jepsons, they, they originally, my father's family came uh, from Sweden and, and Norway, uh, Netherlands, uh, Scandinavian countries, clearly, and uh, were great stock, uh, hardy people, and um, many uh, of those, both on my, grand, my father's side, were um, converts to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who emigrated to the United States and then uh, ultimately made their way across the, uh, the, the Great Plains and in wagons and handcarts and other means of transportation and finally ended up in the Utah Valley and 
then were dispersed into various places around the Intermountain West from there. Uh, my my uh, great-great-grandfather, Jeppa Jepson, was a polygamist, and he had a, a note that was written, a handwritten note that we have in our possession um, that was written by uh, Wilford Woodruff that uh, I can't quote it exactly, but essentially said, uh, to whomever um, receives this, please note that uh, Jeppa Jepson is a good man. And then something to that effect, dated and signed. Uh, and I've just always been proud of of that. My, uh, my great-grandparents on my father's side, I didn't know. I, uh, I knew his name was Joseph Jepson, and he had 11 children from his wife. And my grandfather being one of the 11, and my grandfather, Joseph Rudolph Jepson, was the oldest of those 11 children. They, uh, they lived primarily up in the uh, Millville area, just uh, south of Logan, Utah. Um, Strong Latter-day Saint people, uh, strong work ethic, and um, I don't know a lot about uh, about him. I never met him, but I met his son, my grandfather Joseph uh, R. Jepson, and Grandpa Jepson was a. I remember remember him as a stern man. Uh, he was industrious, had. Uh, um, was successful in a couple of businesses, uh, but he was a stern man. He, he wasn't inclined to be particularly loving uh, or, frankly, didn't seem to be much interested in my life. As a little boy, we always had to go over there on, I remember, Christmas Day in the afternoon. We It was just a dreadful trip for me. As a young child, I wanted to stay home and play with my, my uh, new toys but we had to always go home, over to Grandpa and Grandma Jepson's house, and it was drudgery. Nevertheless, uh, uh, I'm grateful for the example of, of uh, faith and strength in the gospel that he did, in fact, provide and, and instilled in my father. Uh, my grandmother, Jepson, Christina Rosetti Mayer, was a little bit of a southern belle from... New Orleans, a beautiful woman, very talented. My grandfather uh, went on his mission to, I think they were then the Southern States mission, and while on his mission, he met my grandmother, Christina, who at that time was not a member of the church. She was, uh, um, after being taught, she was baptized and at the conclusion of my grandfather's mission, he went back to uh, Salt Lake City and after a period of time went back to New Orleans to ask for her hand in marriage, which he did. And they then married and subsequently made their way back here to Salt Lake City as well. My grandmother was a wonderful woman. Um, she was kind. She was generous. Um, I, I, I loved her, and I felt like she really had an interest in me as a young child. They, they both uh, died when I was, I don't know, I, I was younger than 12, 
So I was quite young for both of them, and I have, you know, vague memories of them, uh, particularly of my grandfather and being a gruff man, my grandmother, Jepson, being a very warm, kind uh, woman who loved us all. And so that's kind of on my, my dad's side. And then on my mother's side, we, uh, we're also blessed with really remarkable heritage, uh, people of faith, of sacrifice and courage. Um, my mother's side included, uh, as my father's side did, uh, pioneers, people who joined the church in, uh, in England and in other uh, surrounding countries who made their way from uh, Europe here to America, uh, and then eventually crossing the plains and coming to the Salt Lake Valley. Um, some of them in the original handcart companies of the original pioneers. And I've, again with that, been always grateful to have in my family line this heritage of pioneer stock. And the thing is I have reflected often about the sacrifices that they made that we might enjoy the life that we enjoy today is just so humbling to me. And I really look forward to the day when I'll have an opportunity to meet them face to face and tell them how grateful I am for all that they did in making life so wonderful for us and having been blessed with the fullness of the gospel in our lives. Um, largely uh, in part because of their faith and having instilled in their children and grandchildren the faith that we now are blessed with. On my, my mother's side, uh, we've always been um, grateful to be able to say that my great-great-grandfather was the John Taylor, the third president of the church. And my, his daughter, who is my great-grandmother, I never had a chance to meet her. Uh, she was long gone by the time I was born. But uh, my grandmother was John Taylor's granddaughter. My grandmother, Ida um, Oakley Whitaker, well, well, Ida Oakley Taylor Whitaker, was such an amazing woman. Uh, she was small in stature, but wow, what a huge spirit she had, feisty and, and um, hardworking. Uh, I loved Grandma. I loved her from the time I can first remember. Uh, she and my grandfather lived on a ranch in Cokeville, Wyoming, having moved there from Salt Lake City to be ranchers and never having had any experience. They moved to this little ranch in uh, Cokeville, and they built it from scratch. They didn't have running water. They didn't have um, bathrooms like we have or didn't even have electricity to start with. But they were some of the real true pioneers of the Cokeville and surrounding area. And uh, I just have so much love and respect for them. Grandma was a piano player. She played in the primary 
for over 40 years. As a matter of fact, she got a, a pin from the church primary board uh, for great service in, in having over 40 years of primary service. But in the, her last days, grandmother lived with uh, us in our home, and grandfather had had died. And um, but I remember one day, I was in I was in high school, and I came home, and and uh, she wasn't confined to bed, but pretty close. She couldn't see very well. She could hardly hear, frail, and uh, but in our home, and where mother could take care of her. I remember going into her room one day after school, and we were just visiting, and she said, John, my patriarchal blessing tells me my last days will be glorious. Well, this isn't very glorious. And I've, I've never forgotten that little experience. Um, I, I said to her, I said, but Grandma, think about the remarkable heritage you have from the five children that you had and all of the grandchildren and great-grandchildren who all love you and think of all the missionaries that love you that you served with and um, my, you have a great legacy that you're leaving and she smiled and, and uh, was sweet but she, she did not like those last days of, of her life the way it was and the quality of life that she was kind of stuck with. Uh, my grandfather was a strong, quiet man, John Marlowe Taylor. So he um, he was really a remarkable man in his own right, but he was quiet, a quiet, strong man. He came from a, a polygamist home as well. His father had three wives. His mother was the second of the three wives, and when she married um, her, married him, her uh, her husband was uh, I think what forty seven, and she was twenty one or something like that. Um, one day I, I I was in high school, and Grandma and Pappy, we called him Pappy. Uh, they lived in our basement in our home on Browning Avenue. We had a mom and dad had prepared a nice apartment for them there, and it was really a wonderful setup for them, where where um, we were able to take care of them uh, to the extent that they needed, but they could have whatever independence that they they desired. Well, I had the opportunity, especially as I got a little older, and I was in uh, uh, right after high school. Um, I took care of all of their financial affairs for, I don't know, two or three years and had a chance to make out all of their checks and would sit down with them uh, every Sunday night. And we, Grandpa would tell me what he wanted me to pay and how much I was to pay. And every time we sat down together at the first of the month, the very first thing they would both talk about was be sure and pay our tithing and a generous fast offering. That uh, that stuck with me. And I had always been taught to do the same thing, but when I observed, even though I was in my early 20s at the time, observed my grandparents actually doing that, it was uh, something I'll never forget. And I was grateful for that 
outstanding example of their faith. Uh, grandfather was a patriarch in the church after having been a, a bishop in, for many years in Cokeville. And he gave uh, me my patriarchal blessing when I was 16, and many of uh, his posterity received our blessings from my grandfather, together with many others that lived in the uh, area in our neighborhood in our ward in Salt Lake, where he served as the stake patriarch there as well. But grandfather, um, for all his remarkable qualities, the one quality that he wasn't uh, as strong in was his ability to communicate. He didn't communicate particularly well. Like I've mentioned previously, he was a quiet man, and um, he wasn't inclined to share his feelings or emotions very often. Um, to my understanding, he one time in their lives told my grandmother that he loved her. One time. And all the years that they, and they were both in their uh, uh, late 80s, uh, early 90s, when they died within a couple of years of each other. One time in all those years. And I think the one time that he did tell her, he told her in a, uh, in a letter. And I asked him one day, I said, Grandpa, wh why is it that you don't ever tell Grandma you love her? Because she would complain to me about the fact that her husband would never tell her. And he says, oh, John, I don't need to tell her. She already knows. Well, she did know, but she always um, would have loved to have heard him say it. I'm going to try and uh, sing you a little song that, that I, my sister Pat put some words to this song that was called Ida, Sweet as Apple Cider, as it went uh, and talks about my, my grandparents and a little bit of their courtship that was, it's always been a fun song in our family. <laughs> if I can play it right. Ida, sweet as apple cider, sweeter than all I know, Marlowe. What a handsome fellow of love he whispered so soft and low. Waiting now, here comes a villain. Papa, ten minutes more, please. Ida, take Marlowe home now. Ida, it is ten o'clock. Ida, sweet as apple cider. Sweeter than all we know, oh, Marlowe. What a handsome fellow of love he'd whisper so soft and slow. Waiting now, here comes a villain. Father, ten minutes more, please. I'd send Marlowe home now. Ida, it is ten, oh, Ida, it is ten, oh, Ida, it is ten o'clock. Well, <laughs> that's kind of how it was for them. Um, my my great-grandfather was very strict with my grandmother, 
and her dating of Marlo Taylor. And maybe that's because my great-grandfather, his name was John Mills Whitaker, uh, he had to go to the prophet John Taylor to be able to get permission to date his daughter. And uh, Ida Oakley Taylor, and I, I think uh, from what I understand, the family stories are that he, President Taylor was pretty tough on my great-grandfather, John Mills Whitaker. Anyway, so as I get back to my grandparents, uh, Marlo and Ida Taylor, I'll just say to you how much I loved them. What an example of goodness and kindness, uh, of uh, love for God and of each other, of their family. They, they were such hard workers. And the, the ranch that they operated for so many years in Cokeville was... I mean, that's a hard life, and I just respect them so much for all that they did and all the the years that they were essentially the foundation of this little branch that grew into a ward in Cokeville, Wyoming. And my goodness, how blessed and fortunate I feel to be their, their grandson. And then down to, from them to my parents, my my dad. I don't know how I can ever adequately explain how deeply I feel about my dad for all that he taught me, for the uh, example of goodness, of uh, sacrifice, for the example of hard work uh, that he gave. Because dad was a physician, he was gone a lot. You know, went to not only in his regular work hours, but he um, he uh, went on these house calls often. And I just didn't see as much of Dad as I would like to have, or as I needed to. Um, Dad was a stern man, and he would uh, he would correct pretty sternly when he needed to, and or when he felt it was appropriate. But uh, I just. Uh, I can see as he now is the product of his of much of his upbringing as well. His father was a stern disciplinarian, and um, my dad became a stern disciplinarian. That's what he knew, and I guess that's kind of what he followed. And um, my dad was a very bright man; he could always solve problems. And, you know, expected us to try to do the best that we could do as well. I, I've told earlier how much I knew my dad loved my mom. We'd be working out in the yard uh, on occasion or working on the house that we were building. And um, dad would tell me how much he loved mother and why he loved her. And uh, I just, you know, as a young boy that was uh, anywhere from 8 to 12 or 14 years old. I didn't pay a lot of attention, um, but uh, my, how he loved her. I remember one particular day, Dad was driving us to school, driving me to school in the morning, and I think I, from my memory, I was the only one in the car at the time with him, 
But we just did, started out driving down the street. If I recall, it was in the fall, and, and Dad remarked, and he looked at this tree and he said, isn't that a gorgeous tree? I thought to myself, oh my gosh, my dad is becoming an old man. Who cares about an, an old, beautiful tree? I just thought that was so weird that he would be all enthralled with this tree. Well, today I drive down and I remark to Bonnie, isn't that a gorgeous tree? My, how our age and experience in life um, gives us a, a more clear perspective. And my mom, my mom was a remarkable woman of faith, of love, of, uh, of everything that I could have hoped in a mother. There are some who might say that mother didn't uh, express herself uh, to her children nearly enough. She didn't tell us that she loved us as often as perhaps they may have wanted her to or felt that she should. My response to that was, really? Mother told me she loved me every day. Now, she didn't often use it in words, but she told me by the way she looked at me, by the way she touched me by the way she held me as a child, how she combed my hair and helped brush my teeth, how she did so much for me in teaching me and training me to be respectful, to be honest. And even when I felt dad was, uh, I, I was afraid of dad, you know, when I would do something wrong, fear that I'd be punished and mother would be protective and um, helpful in those circumstances. So as I reflect about my dad being the, the, the strong side of my parents in terms of his physical strength, his strength of his spirit was indomitable, and um, he was just unyielding. And my mom was everything that my dad wasn't. She was all the tenderness, the warmth, the loving kindness, the immediate forgiveness. I know on occasion, you know, she had to uh, whack me with a ruler. And I, I know it hurt mother more than it ever hurt me to, to do that. But um, my reflections of my dear mother, Elizabeth Taylor, is so tender and I thank God for the remarkable parents that I've been blessed with who remain in my heart every day who I look forward to the day and the days getting closer when I will have the opportunity to stand in their presence again and finally be able to tell both of them how much I love them and how grateful I am for everything they did. I just wish that they could be here and share 
with us in the joy of our children, in the joy of our grandchildren, for how proud we are of all of them and who they are and the lives that they live and the, just the good people that um, have come through my, my parents' lineage. So there you go. I'm getting a little um, <laughs> tender as I talk about them and the remarkable grandparents that I was blessed to have and great-grandparents and continuing on in, in other generations. So just know that my heart is full of gratitude and thanks and love for them all. I hope you have a great uh, evening and a great day uh, tomorrow and the coming days ahead and that this uh, uh, November and Thanksgiving season will find you happy, well, and grateful for every blessing you're uh, enjoying in your lives as well today and every day. So for now, that's all with this episode of Notes from John with a boy with a what is it with a babble from mon she's not here right now so i get to do it